Hi everyone, welcome to episode 70-something of the Post20 podcast. This is a scuffed one, I'll be honest. Uh, Matt and I had to push from yesterday to today because we were both busy, and then Matt got stuck at work again today, so he is also not uh, here for this episode. That's why if you're watching on YouTube, it says um, Matt is working, if you look that way. Uh, He will not be joining me for this episode but I just didn't want to miss an episode. I didn't want to um, or miss a week, rather, because we still haven't missed a week uh, since we have begun. So this is a solo one. It's going to be quick. I'm kind of just going to run through the games uh, and then preview what we have going on. There is a game going on right now. I believe uh, Leicester is losing to Newcastle, which is out of control. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into these. Like I said, going to be a quick one. So sorry about that. Um, sorry that we couldn't be together for you here. I have a literally a million things going on. Um, everybody's starting to work again in my household, including myself. School's done, thankfully. Um, but everybody's running around. My brother's out. My dad's late. He's also stuck at work like Matt. Uh, mom, same thing. So I got to take care of my dog after this. And then I have plans of my own. Um, so the podcast kind of getting squeezed in here, but, uh, again, not going to miss a week for you guys. Got to make sure that we're out here showing out for you. Um, post 20, always, always, uh, not always on time, but always there for you. All right. Match day 34 is the one we're recapping. Started off on Friday, April 30th with Southampton taking on Leicester city at St. Mary stadium. This game ended in a one, one draw. James Ward prowse struck first. Uh, both goals came in, uh, in, in the second half. Uh, James Woodprow struck, uh, struck first with a penalty in the 61st, only for Johnny Evans to take the, I don't even know what I was going to say. I don't even know what I was going to say at all to bring them level. That's what I wanted to say. Johnny Evans struck in the 68th to bring Leicester city level. The two would eventually go on to share the points. Really, really lopsided game in terms of uh, chances, shot on target, shots on target, and possession. Leicester City dominated all of them. Twenty-three shots, nine of those on target, seventy-one percent possession, and ultimately, I mean, they should have had a better result here. Uh, Southampton lost a man in the tenth. Uh, Vestergaard took a uh, took himself off the pitch with a <clears throat> rather unfortunate challenge. Straight red for him. Uh, I really expected Leicester to kind of get on top of this uh, once once that happened, but they really didn't. I I mean, Kelechi's been in great form, uh, but just not enough ultimately um, from Leicester to to get the three points here. They'll they'll really kind of be kicking themselves for sharing a point with Southampton, who are not in the best of form. Um, but they are also losing right now to Newcastle at halftime. So Leicester having a collapse just like they did last season. Moving on, Crystal Palace nil, Manchester City 2. Matt and I both correct here. Sergio Aguero back from the dead, scored in the 57th. Ferran Torres, young blood, scored in the 59th. As we would have expected, City were the dominant side. 70% possession, 20 shots, only three on target. So not a lot of really nice chances 
uh, for City, but they were certainly the dominant team. Really solid team for them uh, being put out, attacking-minded as usual. Farron Torres on the right. You have Sterling on the left, Jesus and uh, Aguero. Aguero kind of played like a false nine, Cam-ish uh, sort of role. And then you had uh, Gabriel Jesus playing a true striker. So interesting. Not one that you see all the time from City. We've seen it in the past. Um, but a really nice strong midfield to defensive midfield. Uh, you had uh, Rodri and Fernandinho. So solid all over the pitch. Um, I think Matt was talking about maybe this could be one of those those weeks where Palace pulled something cheeky, but I just don't think you can really pull anything cheeky against City, um, and that was proved here uh, yet again. Nothing really out of the ordinary with the City win. Moving on, Brighton 2 leads United nil. Surprising result, not what either of us expected. Pascal Gross scored a penalty in the 14th minute, and former Arsenal and United boy Danny Welbeck notched another in the 79th minute. Secure three points for Brighton. Like I said, not really what you would have expected. Leeds were in the game, I will say, um, most of the time. They did manage to register uh, 11 shots versus Brighton, 17. They dominated possession and had a couple shots on target, but ultimately, you know, didn't get anything out of that. I will say it again. I think when Leeds are the team dominating possession, that they have worse results. And I know that's kind of a strange thing. Um, you wouldn't really expect that. But Leeds play so much better on the counter. When, they're, when they are forced to control the tempo of the game, they struggle. I think they're more clinical on the counter, and I just think that they play a better, you know, scrappy style of football, whereas some of these teams play a more structured one. And not that Brighton have a structured style of football whatsoever. They don't. They're actually quite shambolic. Um, but but they did force uh, Leeds to play that way, that, that structured way, and ultimately they struggle. They don't get enough forward when that happens. So I think that's where that issue lies, and it'll be interesting to see if that continues on next season, uh, Leeds staying up. So we'll have to see. Very interesting, um, but a really poor result for Leeds. Cheers to Brighton, I guess. Next one, Chelsea 2, Fulham 0. We didn't really expect anything else uh, or anything other than this. Havertz was the one to get both goals, one in the first, one in the second. 10 minute in the 49th minute. Chelsea, not as dominant as you would have thought. Fulham actually showed up to this one. 10 shots, three on target, and the two teams shared the possession just about even. So it was an interesting uh, result from Fulham. They didn't really get themselves into the goal or even that area for the most part. Um, I thought Chelsea played well. A lot of players in the midfield. You had Billy Gilmore in there, young Billy Gilmore making uh, making a return to the fray, as well as Mount Chill, Welziech, and James. So strong midfield here, really strong. Uh, a lot of talent, little different kinds of players as well. Uh, and then Havertz and Werner up top. No Pulisic in this game. So uh, a bit of a change from, from recent weeks, but a really good result for Chelsea. Definitely something they needed. They'll be heading into the Champions League final. Uh, that's not next week. It's two weeks away, the 23rd or something like that. Um, so I'll be interested to see if they can top uh, City in that, but it will certainly be interesting. Havertz really coming out of his shell in the second half of the season, so that's really nice to see. Big fan of his. think he's a fantastic player. Um, and I think he brings a lot to that Chelsea side. So it's good that he's he's managed to secure a role uh, in this the side late in the season because it's really going to be 
a huge confidence boost as he moves into his upcoming seasons with Chelsea. I'm, I'm certain that they'll be trying to keep him on the payroll because he is super talented and also very young. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, moving on, we have Everton 1, Aston Villa 2. Not what I would have expected either. I figured that Everton would be the team to top Villa. Um, but ultimately, Ali Watkins and Anwar El Ghazi uh, were <clears throat> the ones who managed to get Villa out on top. DCL scored in the 19th, but that wasn't enough. They were level for only, or no, they were level for, for quite some time. It wasn't until the 80th, like I said, that Villa pulled away. And at that point, Everton didn't have any gas left in the tank. They struggle with pace, Everton. At the beginning of the season, I think they played a very structured um, and really stylish style of football. But I think when they started to get worn down and started to have these injuries, especially Allen, um, when Allen went out and then when James was having his injury issues, uh, he didn't play in this game either. Uh, it, w- it became a real problem because they couldn't practice that style of football. They couldn't keep playing that same style. And they struggle with pace. DCL's quick, but having Sigurdsson and Iwobi, who's uh, sometimes all right, um, and Richarlison back there, those guys kind of lumber. So when you're not getting really quick, fast service um, into your strikers or, or your forward playing wingers, then things can get really dicey, and they did get dicey here. I think Villa play better on the counter. I think Watkins is is pretty solid. And even you know a player like Ross Barkley, he's not super fast, but he's quick enough. And, I mean, there's not really all that much to say for this game. Um, Everton got outplayed. I know they outplayed Everton or Arsenal a couple weeks ago, um, but they were outplayed in this game. And I just don't, I don't really know what's, what's coming forward, uh, for Everton or what's going to be happening to them moving forward. I don't know if they're going to return to like mid table, you know, kind of irrelevance or, or what, but there's been a couple games where they've looked amazing and a couple games, well, especially earlier this season, and then a couple games, especially recently, where they just look lackadaisical and lost. Sorry, I'm talking fast. I'm trying to get this all finished up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be really curious to see where Everton wind up. Um, I think um, Ancelotti will be there, so it'll be really interesting to see, and really, time will tell. Moving on, Newcastle a nil. Arsenal 2. Mohamed Elneny scored in the 6th minute to achieve his first Premier League goal of his career. Dara Emmerich Aubameyang scored in the 66th. So all goals came in minutes that have 6s in it. 6 and the 66th. Uh, and then Fabian Schar got a red in the 90th for absolutely no reason. I don't know why he couldn't just control himself and make sure that he played next game, but he'll be out, and he's a mainstay in that team, so that's kind of a problem. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, not a ton to say about this game. Arsenal looked really solid, actually, uh, especially in the first, you know, 20 minutes. I thought Martinelli was particularly sharp. I really like the way he plays. I think he's a great player. I think he has a lot of promise. Um, I worry about his his health and his injuries. Um, but I think time, you know, time will tell with that. Sometimes players have those injuries early and get past them. And sometimes they plague them for their entirety of their career. So we'll have to see, um, about Martinelli, but I hope to continue to see him in some of these lineups, especially now that, you know, Arsenal's playing for actually nothing. Um, there's no point in not, in not trying out some of these 
uh, more unique, I'll say, uh, lineups. Willian also started this game, looked like a shell of himself. I mean, he he's just been really bad this year, and I know he doesn't get a lot of time uh, and things like that, but I just think he's he's kind of gone out to pasture, and we need to to pick up on that and, and send him off, cut him, because his wages are, are pretty high. A lot... A lot, really, a lot of really good things to say about Arsenal. Really, I think it was just the sharpness um, that was the pervading feeling I got. Um, Newcastle suck, like I've always said. Uh, they do suck, and they will suck when you think that they could get away um, with with a decent result. So it was good to see Arsenal um, put the put the knife in and, and twist. Moving on, Tottenham 4, Sheffield United 0. Gareth Bale got himself a hat-trick with goals in the 36th, 61st, and 69th. Nice. Son Hyung-min scored in the 77th to recoup some of that joy that he, uh, that he lost when they, when they got bombed out of that cup final. So it was nice to see um, Tottenham, you know, kind of living up to what I know they're capable of. Bale, fantastic performance, obviously. Three goals, not something you see a lot from from a player like Bale, especially at this sort or this stage in his career. So that was really nice to see. Deli Alley actually got some minutes in this game. Um, this was what you would have expected from Tottenham, even in their terrible shambolic state where they're choking games and losing games they shouldn't. Uh, Sheffield are just like, uh, they're not even a championship club. Like They're like a League Four team. They are absolutely horrific. Um, no structure, no pace, no sense of urgency. Whatever you can think of that a good team has, Sheffield doesn't have because they are a horrible team. I hope Ramsdale is freed because I think he's a decent keeper, um, but I'm not really going to say all that much else. The stats, you don't even need to know because um, the scoreline tells the same story. Um, uh, dominated possession, dominated shots on target. I think Sheffield United were lucky to get away by losing, uh, get away with losing by only four. They could have lost uh, a whole a whole lot worse than this. Moving on, West Brom won, Wolves won. I think I picked a draw here. Uh, you had a goal by Dianya in the 62nd uh, for West Brom, and right before uh, right before halftime. Fabio Silva was the one to, to take Wolves ahead. So that Dianya goal was the leveler. Wolves were the team that I think looked better. I watched the entirety of this game. Ten shots on target to West Brom's four. And uh, Wolves dominated possession as well. I think they just struggle in front of goal. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. They just can't, they just can't get it done when they need to. And Fabio Silva played up top here. He looked okay. But this... This Wolves team is a shell of what it used to be. I think really they need go, um, Raul Jimenez back, and we're gonna have to see how they how they play next season. I'll be really curious because um, when he comes back, I mean that's just gonna be such a such a fantastic addition uh, because he's like the heart and soul of that team and a main scorer uh, captain as well. So yeah, that'll be really big. Um, nice to see Maitland Niles get some more time. Uh, for West Brom, Matt's boy Yakuslu, Yakuslu, however you say it, he's Turkish. Um, good shift from him too. I think he is a great player. It's was a really good pick uh, earlier on this season by Matt as like a kind of underrated unsung hero player. Uh, moving on, Burnley one, West Ham two. Mikel Antonio 
the absolute beast now Jamaican International scored in the 21st and 29th to secure all three points for Burnley. Funnily enough, Burnley was the team to score first. Chris Wood scored a penalty in the 19th minute, but West Ham showed all of their grit and managed to bring themselves back from uh, from a 1-0 deficit. 22 shots for West Ham, four on target, and they pretty much shared possession with Burnley, um, but West Ham did see a little bit more of the ball, had more chances to make some plays. West Ham were certainly the team um, that were more physical in this game, eight fouls to Burnley's four. Uh, Burnley can usually rock with the best of them in terms of physicality because they have a lot of slow guys that are kind of just grabbing. Um, but but West Ham were the team that really <clears throat> were all over the place in this one. I think it's a good result. Surprised to not see Lingard on the score sheet. Um, but two two solid goals for Antonio. He's he's really cementing himself as their first option. Um, of course, he's their first option. They don't really have anybody else to play up there because uh, they got rid of Haller. But he uh, he's had some injury issues. So I'll be curious to see if they want to bring somebody in. It looks like they're going to be in European competition because everybody else is having a fucking nightmare. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Also, um, I wanted to let everybody know that the Liverpool Manchester United game was postponed because there was a um, there was a, a pitch invasion. The United fans broke into Old Trafford, one of the most famous, popular grounds um, in England and really in, in world football. Old Trafford. They broke in uh, in a protest of the Glazers, who are the family that that own and operate um, Manchester United. They want them out. They want the Glazers out. They said you can buy the club, but you can never buy the fans. And I applaud them. I mean, I don't think it's going to do anything storming storming your ground and getting one of the biggest fixtures of the year um, postponed. But what the fuck do I know? Moving on, we have our predictions. Leicester City and Newcastle are playing now. Um, I'm going to say Newcastle win. Uh, it is the 56th minute right now. And Newcastle up 2-0. So I guess you can't really count that. Um, you can discount that for me. Tomorrow at 7.30 a.m., if you're listening to this on Friday the 7th, we have Leeds United taking on Tottenham. I, for one, am going to ride Tottenham. Uh, after their 4-0 win against Sheffield last week, I think that they continue their form and Leeds down bad, um, really kind of in the doldrums after losing to Brighton, who are a... Um, Really shit team. I think Tottenham carry momentum. I think they take uh, take a win, take all three points over Leeds. Also tomorrow at 10 a.m. we have Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace. I'm on Palace like I just talked about Sheffield. They are absolutely horrible, not playing for anything. Palace are still kind of playing to just stay where they are in the table. Uh, so as long as, as Eze and Zaha are on the pitch, I have to go with uh, with my boys, Crystal Palace. Next game, tomorrow, 12.30, we have Manchester City taking on Chelsea. This is a preview of the UCL tie that we will see in three weeks. I am so curious to see how this pans out. I have to bet with City um, because they've kind of won me a lot this season. They've always really won for me when I needed them to. Only, I think, upset me or or upset a parlay for me one time. So I feel I would feel remiss to to not pick City. I know Matt will be going with Chelsea, and we'll get his picks out uh, on Twitter or Instagram or something like that. Um, but I'm going to go with City. I'm going to go with City. All right. Moving on, Liverpool versus Southampton. That's at 3:15 tomorrow. 
I am going to bet with Liverpool. I think they'll be frothing at the mouth to play, especially after not playing last week. Southampton did draw 1-1 with Leicester last week. Um, and I think they'll, they're a little tired. They're obviously going to be missing Vestergaard, which is a problem for them. And I think Liverpool can expose that. And like I just said, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there and play. So I'm expecting a electric performance from Liverpool. Liverpool win. Next one, we have Wolves and Brighton. This could be an interesting game. Um, a 1-1 draw for Wolves last week against West Brom. Brighton, you know, a 2-0 win over Leeds. I don't think Brighton are a serious team. I don't trust them to do anything. So I'm going to go with Wolves, uh, even though Wolves also suck. I can see this game going um, either way. To be honest with you, I don't see a draw. So I'm going to go with Wolves. I don't know what's telling me, but that's who I'm picking. Next one, Aston Villa versus Manchester United. Another team that I think is excited to get out there and play. I'm going with Manchester United. I think this is an easy win for them. Villa, you know, they got a decent result last week, but I don't think that they are ready to take on this United team, especially in the form they're in. They managed to beat a hobbled Everton, uh, who have no fast players, it seems. So I don't really think that tells a lot about Villa. Good result for them. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I don't want to read into it too much either. I'm going to go with Manchester United, who are surely the odds-on favorite. Next one, West Ham versus Everton. This is the 11.30 a.m. game on May 9th. I am picking West Ham. Everton, I think, are the reason that they lost. Or Everton are the reason that they themselves lost. It's not that Villa outplayed them last week. So if we're reading on that, I think that Everton are going to continue to kind of defeat themselves this uh, at the end of the season. There's not a lot of weeks left to play. Not a lot to play for for them. European uh, competition is kind of out of the question. West Ham, however, are really trying to cement themselves in that top four slot. So I am going to go with West Ham uh, up the hammers. Moving on, we have Arsenal versus West Brom. This should be an easy one, straightforward for Arsenal. Um, I say that, but who knows? I mean, these guys always fucking let me down, don't they? Uh, But I I think I'd be remiss... Um, They don't have anything to play for. West Brom does have something to play for. They're trying to get themselves out of the relegation zone. Um, But I don't think, I really think that it's kind of cemented that Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield are going down. Burnley's nine points clear of Fulham. That's three wins. So barring an absolutely catastrophic uh, collapse, you know, it it will be West Brom, uh, Fulham, and Sheffield going down. With all that being said, I think Arsenal... um, just really are kind of playing for prestige and the badge right now. So if I can see some of the young guys out there grinding against this West Brom team, um, I'll be I'll be happy to see that, and hopefully they manage to get themselves a win. Alrighty, we have Fulham Burnley on Monday, May 10th. That one, I'm going to be taking Burnley. Um, I just don't see Fulham beating them here. Uh, Burnley are really going to be working hard to make sure that Fulham don't take three points. Uh, I don't see this being a draw, although both teams are not really mega goal-scoring teams. Uh, I really kind of see it just going Burnley's way. They're going to be absolutely foaming at the mouth trying to stay up. So uh, I'm going to go with Burnley. We have... uh, These are weird. This match day 32 is Southampton versus Crystal Palace. 
Um, I don't think we'll have our next show by that point, so I'm going to go over them. Um, yeah, these are some rescheduled games. So we have Southampton versus Crystal Palace on Tuesday, May 11th. That game's at 3.15. I am going to take Crystal Palace in that one for the same reasons that I took Crystal Palace in the other one. Southampton, I think, suck. Um, I just don't think they have any sort of dynamic play whatsoever. And then we'll move on to match day 36, Manchester United versus Leicester City. This is another game on May 11th. This one actually comes before the Southampton Crystal Palace game. Um, sorry for the disjointedness of all this. I'm just like, my brain's so fucking fried. Um, we have Manchester United taking on Leicester City. So I'm going to go with Manchester United. Leicester, although they look good and although Kalechi's been in great form, uh, they don't have everybody firing on all cylinders. And I think United uh, kind of do. I mean, look at look at Cavani right now. He's he's out of control and he's a fucking bench player. So I'm going to go with United. I think they carry all this momentum into the end of the season. Um, and then the next one we have is Chelsea versus Arsenal. This game is on Wednesday, May 12th, so the following day after United-Leicester. Uh, I'm going to pick Chelsea in this one. I don't think Arsenal are up to the task versus this Chelsea side, especially Chelsea uh, leveling up their training for the UCL final and also to kind <clears> of <throat> get themselves higher in the table before the season ends. Uh, I really think Chelsea are the stronger team. I think they have a stronger coach. I think they have a stronger everything, to be honest with you. Um, so I will be picking Chelsea. The following game, Aston Villa-Everton, a rematch of last week's game, is on May 13th. I am confident that Aston Villa will win again. Everton, down bad. Don't have anything else to say about that. And then the following, <clears throat> the final match of this preview is the rescheduled match between Manchester United and Liverpool. This one takes place on Thursday, May 13th at 3.15 p.m. So we have two games on a Thursday. It always gets hectic like this at the end of the Premier League season. Very excited for this game. Was excited for it last weekend, but it got postponed. Uh, I'm with United. I don't think Liverpool can beat United. I think um, that they're just a, they're just a much stronger team. And as long as the lineups kind of sit um, the same way they were going to sit for the um, for the for the first tie, I think that that Manchester United are actually just the stronger team all over the place, and they're playing with momentum. So I'm gonna pick United for that. I don't know if, if I'm going to even like write these down or what, but um, Matt and I will figure it out. We'll get you Matt's picks. Um, and, and really, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip out. I'm going to go feed my dog and do like five other fucking things. Um, so I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to catch you guys next week. Maybe Matt and I will sit down this weekend or, or something like that and give you a more comprehensive something or other. But we're busy, man. I mean, both of us are busy. And the podcast, <clears throat> not really something we get paid for, so uh, it's always just kind of like an auxiliary thing. We try and get it out to you guys every week, but, you know, sometimes shit gets in the way. And I know everybody understands, if you're still listening, thank you, of course. Um, we appreciate you. You're part of why we do this. Um, but I think, really, <clears throat> we're kind of doing it for ourselves still. So um, th thank everybody for being here, um, for holding us accountable, of course. And make sure you check us out, all right, at Post20Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and then you want to check us out um, at Post20Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, 
Apple Podcast. I always forget what the fuck it's called. Apple Podcast or iTunes Podcast. Uh, I don't know. Um, either way, you can find us over there on the Apple thingy. Uh, that's it. I'm out of breath. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Make sure you check us out. We're on YouTube, too. So if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. If you're not watching on YouTube, head over there. Post 20 Podcast. You can always check us out. Matt and I, uh, we do our best to get that out to you every week. So I appreciate you guys, as always, for watching. And I hope you all take care of yourselves. About half an hour. It's pretty good. I'll see you guys. Peace.